Hello, Year 7, Mr. Dunn here again. This is Chapter 31, The Lime Tree. The lime tree creaks and groans as Anatoly and I lift it onto our shoulders. It's awkward edging down the steep slope on our hind legs and almost impossible to balance. After only a few paces, Anatoly, who is walking in front, skids on loose rocks and pulls us down too fast. The last few leaves are whipped from the tree and before they hit the ground, they turn into bullfinches that flap around in panic. I struggle to keep a grip on the tree as my feet slide out from beneath me. I dig my claws into the ground, but they just rake through brittle gravel. We surge forwards and fall backwards at the same time, but manage to keep hold of the tree as we shoot down the mountain like a sledge over snow. Sharp rocks tear into my calves and I yell out in pain. Anatoly desperately scrambles, trying to slow our descent and my eyes widen with horror as I realise we're heading straight towards one of the bubbling pools of mud at the base of the volcano. Sulphurous fumes rise from its surface and thicken as we draw closer until I'm struggling to breathe. The few short branches and roots left dangling from the tree reach for the ground in a vain attempt to slow us. Though it rips and burns the skin of my back, I push my spine into the ground, but nothing works. We zoom down the slope, careening out of control. Blood pounds in my ears and scorching air tears through my fur. I hold my breath and brace myself for a splash into boiling mud. But something blocks out the starlight and a cool dark shadow falls over us. A jagged shape reaches down, dripping icy water. Long clawed toes splay open and relief washes over me as I recognise the outline of one of the house's giant chicken feet. It grabs the tree and sweeps it up. I keep my arms firmly locked around the trunk and I'm lifted too, my arms straining under the weight of my enormous body. I crane my neck to look for Anatoly and see him dangling from the other end of the trunk. The next moment we're flung onto the house's porch with a crash and several bangs, squeals from Yuri, barks from Ivan and whoops and applause from Elena. I roll onto my feet and try to get my bearings. The tree is lying on the porch like a huge cut log. Anatoly is the other side of it, swaying his feet. I peer over the balustrade and my head spins. We're high above the smoking ground. The house's legs are fully extended, its movements jerky as it picks its way across snow-streaked rocks between glowing fissures. Please be careful, I wince at the thought of the house burning its feet. Elena throws her arms around my neck. We saw you skidding down the volcano. I was so worried and the house was bursting to help. Finally, it leaped off the ship to get you. Elena squeezes me so tight it hurts, but relieved we're all safe on the house together, I don't pull away. Mousetrap sprints along the balustrade and leaps into my snout. Your pulled muscles are better then, I laugh. I was just a little stiff for my war dance. Mousetrap holds his arms out and spins around like he's showing off new clothes. Look at my winter coat, he trills. It's beautiful, I smile, though you'd look wonderful in any colour. I glance back at the ship alone on a moonlit icy sea and wonder what adventurers will find it next. Then I turn to the house. Thank you for coming to get us. The house smiles with its windows and doors and eaves. This is, is this the lime tree? Elena stares at the tree on the porch. What happened to it? Is it all right? Then she spots Anatoly on the other side. Oh, another bear. Hello, bear, she says nervously. You look familiar. She narrows her eyes. Are you related to Yanka? He's my father, I say, although I know Elena can't understand me. 
I look at Anatoly and a smile lifts the corners of my mouth. Anatoly smiles back, the same shy smile he has when he's human, and a swell of love warms my chest like a hot drink on a cold day. The tree's branches and roots flail between us. Help me up. Did the tree say something? Eleanor kneels next to the tree and peers at each trunk. Help me up. The tree groans louder. I understood it. Eleanor claps her hands together in excitement. I understood the tree. Oh, can you help it, house? Vines curl down from the rafters and thicken as they coil around the tree. Gently they lift it like it's no effort at all and carry it up over our heads. The tree sighs with satisfaction as it settles next to the chimney pot and its short roots lengthen as they burrow between mossy tiles. Is the tree going to save Sasha, Eleanor asks, and I flush with embarrassment because I didn't want to ask the tree for anything until it was safely back in the forest. You want me to save someone? The tree's branches elongate. New buds swell and leaves unfurl. Hope flutters inside me. I have a friend, Sasha, back in my village on the southern edge of the forest who's injured because of me. I was hoping you could help him make a full recovery. A branch dips and three leaves grow from it. They're different to the other heart-shaped leaves. These new ones are star-shaped and patterned with dark red veins. They break free and float towards the floor. Three bullfinches swoop after them and each one grabs a leaf in its beak before flapping away. The birds will take the leaves where they need to go, the tree rustles. And your friend will be well again. Thank you. A huge smile spreads across my face. I feel light as the birds flying south. Also, I wondered if there's a curse and... All of a sudden, the thought of asking the tree to make me human again sends a quarrel of sparrows fluttering through my body. I frown, confused by the feeling. I'm sorry, the tree creaks, but I can't undo old curses. Anatoly moves closer until he stood by my side. I'm sorry, Yanka. He shakes his head sadly. No, it's fine. I sigh with relief, realising what the fluttery feeling meant. I don't want the curse to be broken. I don't want to be only a human forever. I like being bare too. I look at Anatoly, the truth sparking in my mind. You said we could have control over what we become. Well, yes, he nods. But it's difficult. It can be a struggle. Some struggles are worth it. I look down at my feet and feel a rush of affection towards them. They're a gift from the forest, like Valentina said. A reminder of all that's magical and mysterious in the world. I want to keep this gift and learn how to control it. Anatoly lowers his head to mine until our foreheads are almost touching. I feel our fur merging together. I'm so proud of you, Yankeri murmurs. You really are the most precious treasure in the snow forest. That's very touching. Mousetrap nips my ear. Now perhaps you could ask Anatoly where he keeps that, the key to that cod store we found on the roof of his cabin. How do you know this is Anatoly, I ask. I'm not sure why you humans find it so difficult to read souls. Mousetrap leans over my eye and frowns. Somebody's external appearance doesn't change what's inside. You're right, I nod. I recognised Anatoly as a bear. So... I shouldn't be surprised that Mousetrap did. I wonder if Mamochka would recognise me like this. Yuri squeals as the house picks up speed. We're heading south towards the village, and for the first time since I grew bare legs, I understand that what my body looks like doesn't change who I am or where I belong. Nothing will stop me from going home, not even looking like a bear. Somehow, I'll show Mamochka this is me.